This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by the Finish Line Script Competition. In its sixth year, the Finish Line Script Competition is the only script competition run by ex-literary managers. Six-plus pages of actionable development notes are available to you, or you can submit your script as is. Scripts can be rewritten and resubmitted for free anytime throughout the competition. Over 40 mentors read and meet with the winners, and the competition staff itself works with many semifinalists on getting their material read throughout the industry. They are here to help writers succeed by improving your script along the way and making sure you get opportunities when your material is ready. So check out what's happening at finishlinescriptcomp.com, now open for submissions. This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is also brought to you by the Tyrota Finish Line Social Impact Script Competition. It's back for a second year in a row. The competition will again celebrate film and television scripts that seek to raise awareness and inspire change regarding urgent issues with critical relevance across our society now, such as racial, gender, or economic inequality, climate change, drug addiction, the broken foster care system, gun violence, and much more. The competition especially encourages submissions from historically underrepresented writers. The Tyrota Finish Line Script Competition runs from January 18th through June 10th. Please go to Film Freeway and learn how to submit your script. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. You know how we do it on the show. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So you hear his voice, Chris Derrick in the house, in the building. You stupid, Chris. I'm here today. I'm here today. No, it's crazy, man. Gino said you better wake up. No, it's not even that. Today's just a crazy day. You know, uh, I'm in the middle of like a bunch of wild shit. Um, I was talking with a good friend of mine last night, you know, which trying to do this movie, you know, this feature film, and I'm working on that short I sent you yesterday, Hilliard, to look at. Um, It's just, I mean, it's crazy. I'm just like, it's just you know. It's just I I I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I don't, I don't know. I'm just in the. It's, I'm just try, I'm trying to write some stuff. I just finished the pilot. I'm sending my manager to today. I got the script to send to your boy Ben today. I got to do. Right. Um. I got this feature. I got to get some pages off to. It's just so much shit. It's silly. G- Gino is gonna dig your fucking tattoo project. I don't know if he knows about it, but that's up your alley, Gino. It's wow. some it's some crazy ass shit he wrote. 
It's wow. gonna, it's gonna turn. He gonna be at Trebekah, Sundance, all that shit with this script. It's awesome. Woo-hoo. It's awesome. And I don't, Chris, no, I don't be pumping up nobody's shit. Wow, this shit is awesome. It you know what's awesome. crazy? What's that? I'm usually, I'm usually ahead of the game on stuff that Chris is working on. <laughs> exactly. Lately, the last six months, he been. I don't know what's going on, Chris. Well, I don't know about all these projects, man. I mean, I, I mean, look, there's, there's the show. This like the show taking up a lot of my time and my just my energy, and then um, mm-hmm. oh, the stuff for that. I mean, I that's the thing. I. No, you didn't. No, don't even try to think. You told me. No, you didn't. You didn't. What, about the show? Yeah. I can't talk about the show. I yeah, he can't, can't tell anybody. I can't. I, no, but I you can't. can say I'm on a show. Yeah, well, you I'm on say. a show, yeah. I've been on the show since October, but I'm not, but I can't talk about it publicly, so part of the deal. I'm going to be quiet. Um, quiet. I'll tell you yeah. all time. We'll tell you But all it's awesome. It's, I, mean, I mean, here's the thing about it. I, you know... We got to a point where, you know, like I, I, there's, there's always this question where they talk about when you're on a show and you're a staff writer, you know, what do you do to make yourself like, invaluable? So they're going to invite you back to the next season or something like that. And it's a, and it's pretty tricky, you know, um, through the Zoom situation, because there's a lot of things that everyone will start, you know, had been telling me over the years, we should be doing this, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, like, you know, can you work the board and blah, 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 you know, and and it's like, you can't do that on the Zoom thing, you know, so I mean, so I was just concerned about some stuff, and um, I reached out to David Goyer the other week, you know, he's like in, I think, Wales, shooting like Sandman and Foundation. Jesus, I'm man. like, God damn, dude, like, how are you doing two shows at once? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I told him, I said, I was kind of about it. And he's like, look, man, you have to realize what something as, as, as hard as this Zoom stuff is, it's something you got to realize. Uh, there's, there's like two different types of writers. Mm-hmm. There's the writer who's really good on the pitch and the writer who's really good on the page. And the yeah. showrunner needs both. So, you know, if you can be good on the page, you know, do that. If that's going to be easier for you. And I was like, well, all right, that's that's a little easier. Um, you know, so I, I asked the number two on yesterday. I was like, even Saturday. I said, hey, dude, you know, let's talk on Monday about some stuff that, that like, I can do to help you on this other episode. Because cause he's got to handle, like, another episode that's not – it's just – it's crazy, and he was like, "Sure, That's exactly what you should do. Like, like, do it. Let's, let's meet up, let's talk, yeah. talk it through." Because yeah. I realized, you know, that it's like, you know, like I can't be telling the showrunner stuff to change on his script. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can't do that. Hmm. Uh, but you know, but but I but but I want to be more involved. I want to contribute more to hmm. the show and figure out like ways to do that without stepping on anyone's shoes and and do the political thing and you know and it's 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 still a little bit of a um it's still like a little bit of a transition for me because you know i am so used to having like storytelling authority on my projects it's the movies i write it's the movies i direct with the tv pilots i write you know and to not have that you know uh, for someone who's who, who's done this as long as I have, you know, has sold movies and stuff like that, it's like a little tricky to like to, to you know to kind of shift to downshift, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I find it 
but then I, but then I, I just constantly gotta keep saying to myself, okay, so, you know, what do they like need me to do? You know, it's not really about like, you know, what do I want to do? It's more about what do they need me to do to make it easy for them. Um, That's exactly. It's exactly what we tell everybody who's in their first rooms. Yeah, you know, I mean, thing that everybody. Because sometimes it's just something somebody doesn't want to do, you know, that's going to have to be done. That you'd be like, you know what, I don't want to do it either, but fuck it, I'm going to take that, that well, weight but, off them. Yeah, but see, this, 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 see, this is a crazy thing, right? For me, it's like almost everything that someone has that you have to do to write your show, mm-hmm. you, if you're doing it on your own, you have to do all that. Oh, right. yeah, I, you have to get some research on this. Well, there's no one else around but me because I'm writing right. my thing, so I, I have to go do that. So mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I mean, and I feel like, you know, because I'm coming into the TV game like later in my career, you know, I like I'm very versed at doing all these things. You know, got to do the research, got to do the reading, got to do this, you know. So, um, I mean, like all that. I mean, I'm not complaining about any of it. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm doing that. I just it's just like one of those things where it's like I want to do more, you know, because I feel, I feel like I can do, more. you know, I, I feel I feel like I can do a lot more. Uh, but at right. the same time, I don't want to overstep anyone or step on anyone's shoes who's earned, a di- who's obviously like who's earned the right to have like th- their position. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's what that. True. Yeah. Well, a uh, little disclaimer: Lisa Volataja might come on at some point. You know, she is. She's uh, not coming on. I don't believe she'll come on. <laughs> if not, we're gonna do the show without her. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So today yeah. we got my man Gino Brooks. The pimp dog himself, the young OG, <laughs> the yellow hat man, you know, <laughs> uh, writer, director, producer himself, got his own little he's, network. Well, let me put, let me put this up, but he's also been acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw some stuff people. that he posted on internet on Instagram. Yeah. He was acting in some shit. Yeah, down some, in of your, some of your web series. Oh, what is acting too? All right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Jack yeah. of all trade and master of none. Hey, hey. You know. <laughs> What's up, Gino? Welcome to the show, What's bro. up, man? What's going on, Harry? What's going on, big bros? It's all good. It's all good. It's your boy it's Gino Brooks in the building, man. You know, I got to come in like that. It's your boy Gino Brooks up in the building. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gino, put your mic down a little bit more for me. I feel like you're stretching to find it. Like, oh, got you. Like that? Perfect. Um, then so, let's, bring, let's bring to the stage your partner in crime, Miles Greer, actor, producer, executive himself. What's up, Miles? How you doing, my dude? Hey, what's up, <laughs> Why are you making all that noise in the background? What's all that noise? Rackety, dackety, sackety. That's Chris. <laughs> That's me. Oh, okay. I'll put some, I'll put some <laughs> That's me. Stepping all on this introduction. Y'all hey, I know. Just messing it I up. Know it was, I didn't know it was loud. I didn't know it was loud. <laughs> what did you do? Just, <laughs> See, I'm talking about Miles, just so we can have some candy. Ain't that a bitch? See? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me, y'all. You know, exactly. You good brothers. So, welcome to the show, Gino, man. Uh, we've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. Um, it's, been, it's been interesting. We kind of came back together in each other's lives with this clubhouse thing, <clears throat> you know. And um, I just, I came on three weeks ago tomorrow. Um, this will be dropping tomorrow, by the way. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I don't be playing with that. Um, and so, uh, but I came on, I came on and I was just sitting in the room, you know, just listening to you guys. And I was like, Gino and I'm giving him some game. And it was something, it was something where Gino, you, Miles, you know, Tamika, somebody was like, just 
controlling the room in a way that I hadn't seen on any other room I was in before, in a way that was really respectful, you know? Like, I felt like the rules were, like, like if anybody's going to set the rules of how things should go for Clubhouse, it should be this group, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, it is, like, the most organized, keeping shit together type of room, period. Um, I do get a little flustered. I was telling Miles the other day when there's too many of us in there, I was like, should I speak? Like, what? I don't understand that shit yet. But yeah. I get it. I get it. I get um, it. <laughs> but anyway, so that brought us back together. And um, so, but I'm uh, glad to have you, man, for sure. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, I say what's up to you, but I know you're busy. I feel like, um, you know, when you know somebody and they and they and they and their um, their plate gets larger, I've seen that happen for um, yes earlier. And um, so I just never wanted. Although I I know I could always come to you and ask you a question or hit you up. For sure. You there. Um, I've just been watching your abundance, man. So I'm proud of you and congratulations to you and everything you. that's happening for you, good brother. Like for Thank real. I appreciate it. Well, I was telling this story. Um, where were we, Gino? Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember if it was in our little group, but I was telling the story about how when Chris and I did Architects of Crime, yeah. you, came, you came in and, and, and worked with us. Yeah, PA. And yeah. I was like, PA, do you already directing shit? You're like, I don't care, man. I just want to work. I want to learn. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I bet. So yeah. here's the cool thing that I love about Gino. And I'm just going to tell you, Chris and I talked about this before. Gino is one of those cats. And I'm, if I'm repeating myself from the other day, I need, I need the world to hear it. So forgive me. Yes. Um, you one of those cats, Gino, this is what I like about you. Um, not only do you get your own shit done, but you're one of those people who commits, right? It was like, if I said I'm going to come and PA on your shit, I'm going to put all my director shit, all my producer shit back here. And, and stay in the lane and see where I can help. You know what I mean? And I watched you float around in damn near every department. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were helping people in crafty. You were helping people on the set. You were helping people on, in, in camera, the grips. You were everywhere. Nobody had to ask you to do shit. I was watching you. And I always tell people that. People are fucking watching. You know what I mean? And I saw that. I was like, of course he's going to blow up. Because people want to work with people like that. You know yeah, I mean? they do. They, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I remember that too. It's, I mean, j just because, you know, I'm not speaking to anything that Gino doesn't know, but you know, when you're directing, you kind of, you kind of have blinders on, and you don't see, mm -hmm. like, probably like, you know, like ninety percent of what's going on outside of what's not in front of the camera. Right. And but I you know but like every once we're up on this rooftop every once in a while I'm turning around looking at stuff and you know and it's like I mean you know we're shooting near the edge and I can't be near the edge of shit because I'm gonna get scared and fall I'm gonna fall <laughs> aside um, and I, but but I, but I, but I would see Gino in like 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 really just being that you know that all around support guy and I really appreciated that you know it was very much you know. Um, it's just one of those things that yes, you go, oh, okay, this he's doing this too. He's he like he's helping out everywhere to make this go. And you know, it's one of those things about like just doing projects, especially at those low budget projects, like you don't have enough money, right. you know, to to really do it the best way you want to hire the right crew in terms of like the level of crew that you need. Um, you know, just the the, the number of personnel, you know, like all the stuff that you gotta do and you need people who are aware of the fact that it's like you know, you you have to pick up the slack wherever it is, and I kind of feel like this one of you know it's one of the things that, that then you start working on like these larger productions, like that stuff also is getting segregated. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just like, well, oh, so we have to get someone to do this. Let's just bring on another person and pay them a whole new fee. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, you know, and just you know, and you start realizing why budgets and shit start like just creeping up real. You know, they start escalating exponentially because. You know, and, uh, and, but, and also why why you move faster because you have another well, body. But you move faster. But the thing about that thing that Gino was doing, which I you know, I remember when I was in film school, they they kind of make at least when I was at school, you know, they they make you work on other people's projects in different capacities. Right. And the thing about doing that is, is that you know, like like you get to see what something else, the like the like the like 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 what another department has to deal with yep. you know like oh this, like here's yeah. like this so here's wardrobe here's what they have to deal with so that when it so that all can seamlessly fit and get to the set and there's no issue and you get to and you kind of see all that stuff mm-hmm. so it, it to me it makes you a better director because you become aware of the issues that everyone else is dealing with you know to service your vision right. and it kind of helps you not Get so petulant and shit like that when things aren't, you know, when th- something's not ready. Like, sure. like what, what, what the fuck? You still in makeup? Why? You know, because you, you kind of, because and in, in 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 if you work in that department, you kind of see what's going on, and you just kind of need a little status update and go, okay, I understand what that is. Yeah. Why? Now, why the delay? Why they're taking? Yeah. What's the delay? I, I get exactly. that because I've been because because otherwise it's kind of all black box. And you're just like, right. well, just get the shit to the set. Let's let's roll the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I think that's just. I think look, I think that's a smart play. You know, I mean, like I haven't done that in a while. I remember I worked as like a as like a um, uh, I worked not in the office PA, but oh, I, I worked as assistant production coordinator mm-hmm. on this really really small movie, and I saw all this. I saw like everything that is going on in the production office and what they're dealing with. Like you know, hey, we have to coordinate getting the crane to the set tomorrow, and blah blah blah, and, and the filmmakers like so the crane's gonna be there right okay cool it's, I'm, I'm good you know so um it it, it, it it's it, it it makes you a more well-rounded right person yeah for sure. I, you know like as a creative in, in, in my opinion for sure for sure and yeah. um so with that let's go ahead and jump on in so gino let's tell yeah. everybody a little bit about yourself you know where you come from how you got into the game then we'll jump into mouse all right bet um South side, I'm from South Side of Chicago, and um, like literally, when I say the South Side, I mean like the low end. If you're from Chicago, Thirty <laughs> Fifth and State Stateway Gardens, the projects. Um, that's kind of where I come from. Um, so yeah, man. From there, I, I went on to uh, undergrad at Wilberforce University. I'm an HBCU grad. Okay. I studied uh, rehabilitation, mental health. And I went on from there. I got a, a full-ride scholarship, academic scholarship for the University of Kentucky. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that's where I got uh, my master's in rehabilitation counseling. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So from there, man, I just I studied in the field. I mean, I worked in the field for about 18 years before I actually made – no, no, no. In a couple years, and then I made the leap to L.A., uh, I came to visit my best friend. And uh, my fraternity brother, and he's one of those LA dudes. It's like so LA, right? Like <laughs> everything you do is like he's for show. Like that whole situation. So he had yeah. this like this boat, this jet ski and boat party out in one of the lakes. I forget Elsinore or something like that. Yeah. And I came out here. I was on vacation, 
and I had like eight, I had like 12 days booked up, but I had only, I was only out here for like five and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay. Mm. Right. Cause we were driving, driving through Hollywood and stuff like that. So I'm going to extend my time for the, the yeah. remainder of five, I think, I think days. Wait, was that your first time? Was that your first time in LA in California? It wasn't my first, no, because I had worked okay. intern. I'm glad you asked that. I worked internships with him before. So I would come okay. out here. I always knew that I wanted to be here in LA. I wanted right. to work in Hollywood. And those jobs as an intern, what we would do is we would take the inner city kids out to the studios, like WB okay. and Disney and things like that. So we would see productions. We would get to visit and walk around the, um, you know, the studios. And I always knew that I would be back. So fast forward, I get my I get my master's. I mean, I get my undergrad and I get my master's. When I came to visit him for his birthday, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna stay extended, right? I was living in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I get here and I was like, man, I'm not going I'm not going back right yet. And um, so you know how that is in LA when you come and there's people like um um. They take you around. They do all the tourist shit. You know what sure. I'm saying? That happens. And then after a minute, now living in L.A. for so long and have so many people to come visit you, you're like, man, that right. shit get old. So it hit that point. <laughs> yeah, we don't go to the beach no more. We don't do none of that stuff. Right? Well, he had to go back to work. So I'm just in his apartment for the last three or four days of my, my time. And um, long story short, man, I, uh, his uncle was working on He knew that because I, I obviously told him that I wanted to move out here for this thing called you know, career of Hollywood. And he was like, my uncle's working on this reboot, I mean, this remake of Cooley High, right? Mm-hmm. I'm from Chicago. You know, that's one of my favorite films of all time. I was like, oh, exactly, shit. Exactly. <laughs> Came and got me. It was like 7.30 in the morning. I had to be ready. And um, long story short, I, he, he, he took me to set. And I stayed there until 2 o'clock in the morning. I didn't understand how we would be there that long, but now I understand how film I said, especially Michael mm-hmm. Budget Films, and um, I met um, Tommy Upshaw. He was the oh, DP. Yeah. yeah, he was the DP of that, and that's how we became friends. Ever since I got out here, and um, quick quick piece to that is around oh, eight o'clock. They the fourth guy on the call sheet wasn't coming to set. His uncle, I call him Unc, was like, "Hey man, um, just had told the director this is my nephew." He's out here. He wants to be a filmmaker one day, a writer, filmmaker one day. You know, he's taking some classes, did some plays. So he's like, oh, cool. He's like, you know what a script looks like? I knew what a script looked like, but not to that level. Right? <laughs> he handed it to me. <laughs> right? And uh, long story short, I read the script. And then he was like, you know, whoever the PA was, was like, this is the next thing that we're about to do. That whole thing. So he blocked out. They told me what was happening. Mm-hmm. And by the time it was like, midnight it was it was time for the scene to go up right and the guy didn't come i'm his height his stature he was like do you mind giving me an experience that's really what he was doing because of the sound guy the key sound guy was my uncle so he was like here put me in the scene and Ooh. i didn't know standing wasn't supposed to say shit right well it depends on the show but yeah i go i ride i ride with I, you. I well ride. you know Sometimes so, they fly in a, the A-team and the B-team, and the B-team actually does a dialogue just while they do the blocking, and then the A-team comes in. Sometimes, Mind, mind yeah. you, I didn't know A-team, B-team, none of that shit. Right? So I'm standing there. Wait, so so, so mm-hmm. just to let the, the audience know who doesn't know, the A-team is like you know the cast actors, you know the name people that you're going to see. The B-team is there's like PAs or sometimes on some shows there's like actual people they've hired to be stand-ins. You know, so, they, so when they're lighting... 
and doing the camera rehearsal, there's an actual body there, right. so you can see how the light skin they fall or things like that. You know, they usually want someone to the same height and same kind of skin color, so they can just kind of like you know like um, uh, so it it can make the the prep the pre pre preparation as easy as possible. Yep. <clears throat> so thank you for that. So what ended up happening was uh, um, <laughs> to, to when they. They put the camera over his shoulder to me just to frame it up because the guy was supposed to be coming. Um, I started saying the fucking lines. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like acting the shit out, right? You know, uh, <laughs> and, you, know I, you know, I didn't, again, you're right about that. But at that time, I don't know if it was on that set, it was the right thing to be doing. Right, right. So long story short, I end up, um, the guy never made it. Really? I ended up booking that, booking that film. That That's film... Right. Ended up paying me like somewhere between eight and twelve thousand dollars. I forget the, the final number. It was like I got eight. They told me twelve and never gave me my last four. That's what it was. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> so I, uh, I was like, man, fuck that job. I, I told the job that I was done. I stayed here. I slept on my sands, my uh, couch. He got me a job in social services as a social worker where he was working uh, as a social worker for foster kid foster care kids in Compton. So I was working in Compton as a social worker. And um to, you know, I, I would finish the movie on the on the nights or whatever days it was. And then uh, I got me a little apartment, got me a little hoopty and I was in LA. You know, exactly. so that's how I got it. I love it. What, what, what no, hoopty in LA. We all had one. What about you, I Mara? still have one. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Miles? Um well, well, uh, well, yeah. I'm. So how did how did you how did you get that? Where are you from? How you got into the game? I'm I'm from I'm from East Side Atlanta. Uh, kind of raised in the Decatur area. Then there's the second half of my life, Stone Mountain area. Um, you know, two parents who were really big on ownership. My dad was a, a real estate broker. My mom, you know, from Nigeria. You know, she got into mortgage. So they, they teamed up together, right? They were everything that my dad did. I was his partner and, and closing things out. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I grew up watching uh, hard workers, right? So I was this kid who had a speech impediment, you know, who was just hyper all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just, I mean, my dad was really big on asking me, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, this is like sixth grade, like 10 years old, 11 years old. And I remember him picking us up from, like, school, and he's asking us stuff, in the, me and my older brother in the car. And I'm like, I want to be a singer. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so he tells me, you know, you know, like, you know, the, the singer Lloyd, right? Mm -hmm. He was in my neighborhood, and there was in this, there was this, uh, there were these auditions for this boy group called Entune, hmm. and uh, like Lloyd and his little brother and the other other cast, I think like even Sammy was in, was off probably in that group. But I remember my dad letting me know about the opportunity. He was like, you want to be a singer? Here's an opportunity you, you want to do. It. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. So it, it comes to close to the day and I realized I can't sing or I, <laughs> Or I'm like, I'm like recording myself. And my dad like giving me giving me a giving me a recorder. He's off tune as shit, Jesus. And, I, <laughs> and I'm realizing like I don't like the sound of my own voice. So I kind of <laughs> I, I was like I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm, I'm I'm scared. So then I I put that energy into drama. Like I was like, well, we'll try something else. 
you know, and I, I found the drama club in my, in my middle school and I just fell in love with it, man. Um, you know, and I had this never, I never stopped. And I, I went, end up, you know, my dad was like, well, if you're loving this, I was doing some plays mm-hmm. out of me. You know, he was like, if, if you're, if you're serious about this, let's, let's get into on-camera classes too. Cause this is a real business people are actually doing. Right. And, um, you know, I got into on-camera classes, really kind of started to just really learn everything, um, at the, and in Atlanta and, by the my, one of my first or second classes, they brought in a, brought in a, an, an agent, Joy Purvis in Atlanta, and she saw me. I, this is like I had like my had my braids, a little little dark, little, little, little little black boy with his like baggy clothes on, is looking up and smiling because I'm learning about the business. Looking like crisscross cousin and stuff. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, by the end of that of that class, and she, after she's talking and everything about the business and what she's looking for, she sees me and she's like. I need, I need someone like you, you know? And so, you know, she brought me in to kind of read for her and she was the one who kind of, I say, you know, kind of discovered me and kind of gave me like my first, was my first agent um, in Atlanta when I was like 13. And I, that's like the, the journey of auditions and everything started for me. I did a couple of commercials and stuff, but it was very little stuff. I had so much growth to just, you know, I was still like, like I would be going on like Tyler Perry auditions back back then when it was before he had the studio before it was really Atlanta was truly booming, mm-hmm. um, but I was I wasn't able to handle mo- paragraphs or or monologues <laughs> or whatever. It was like the, the speech impediment thing was huge for me. You know, I had to kind of control. I had to really hone on my craft, hone on my instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, so long long story short, as far as that kind of coming up kid, I went to high school, went to art school at the Cab School of the Arts, studied. Um, acting, but also mass media and visual arts, right? So I was editing and on Final Cut in high school. I was like putting, doing my own little projects and producing little things in, in, in mass media class. And and also because my, my older brother taught me how to draw when I was like fifth grade, and oh, like fifth, fifth, five years old, I'm sorry. And so that came into just to, to have a minor, but it's, it's, this is all coming into play of like what I'm doing today, right? Mm-hmm. So after high school, got my BFA in theater and stuff, and then, you know, came back to Atlanta, um, and and I had interned. I left I left the agency that Joy that, that I was with for like seven years because you know I had wasn't able to be there as as often as Joy and everybody wanted me to. Mm-hmm. And then so when I left, so after I, I graduated, I submitted to be an agent assistant at another agency. Um, AMT agency, Atlanta Models and Talent, and that was like my first time as like on the kind of production side in a way of acting or on, on the agency side, learning, learning administrative work. So and, you so so you started realizing and learning why motherfuckers aren't getting auditions all the time. You start to see how it all works and go, oh, I didn't get the part not because I wasn't right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I wasn't submitted to that because of this. You start to see. I, yeah, I was really big on like learning the do's and don'ts. I think that's why me and Gino connect so much because we both were big on like like really kind of getting the behind the scene experience of things and really learning before right. being, just being the students of the game. Mm-hmm. So after the agency agency stuff, and I, I was also my like look after college, man. I had I saw a a brother who was also with my agency back when we were younger. He was also now directing at a at an independent film company in Atlanta, Supremacy mm-hmm. Films, where Gino, uh, Gino, uh, Gino and I's good friend, Errol Sadler, is doing, is doing great stuff. 
I, I was like, hey man, I'm graduating, looking for a job after after school. Uh, he's mm. like, he's like, hey, well, we're looking for a position at, at the company. Uh, what can you do? And I'm like, well, you, as you know, I'm an actor, so casting would probably be my thing. Mm. So I got into casting over there, really grew from assistant to like associate and a director over there with them, and a co-casting director over there. Nice. Then that right there, my my father's old principal, Dr. Lonnie Edwards, a a, a legend in and, and just bringing um, integration to the South as far as the school systems. Mm-hmm. He was having a movie done on his life. And a producer from L.A. was an extras casting director on the movie, What to Expect When You're Expecting. That had, like, Chris Rock, Cameron Diaz, and a lot of other, like, you know, huge big mm-hmm. stars in there. He connect, Dr. Edwards connected me to that producer, and he hired me as, like, a... I like a extras casting assistant on that film nice they knew i was an actor as well they said hey miles how tall are you i was like you know uh five ten five eleven they said well we're gonna put you in as chris rock stand in yeah so, so y'all like, is cousins anyway so i don't know why you didn't do it in the first place <laughs> <laughs> so that was my very first film set experience too right like that was my very first time like seeing like what a major film set was right of my you know I said I said I saw J Lo. She J Lo was also on there. I told her you did a, did a great job. She said, oh, "Thank you, sweetie." I was like, "Tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were talking earlier about the A and B team. So you were the B team, right? I was B team. Yep, yeah. I was I was B team for for them, and and um, that was that was a, a great learning experience for me. Again, like I was huge on just really taking what I learned from behind the scenes. So when I, I felt way more comfortable when I, whenever I was doing the real work myself as 18. Um, and uh, eventually that, that, that led to more casting PA work from some stuff at NBC on The Voice. The Voice actually was the reason why I moved to LA when it wasn't the reason, but it gave me the opportunity and the date mm-hmm. to say, hey guys, when are y'all gonna be out in LA for your casting? I'll be out there because I'm moving, I'm moving out there for my my acting career mm-hmm. they said they gave me the date of like march 31st april 1st and i'm like oh dope i'll be there right and i said put me on the list and hmm. so the, the night before i took a standby flight with a standby suitcase crashing a friend's couch and I I, I I figured out the whole bus system and i got to work wow i just stayed right that was my i i moved and i stayed and i figured it out and luckily got more work on the actual show as a contestant rep and I was there for four years. They were very, you know, kind to let me audition and, and come back during the days of work. Mm-hmm. That allowed me to kind of start my acting career and stuff. So fast forward to this, you know, every year working and stuff to me, 2017, my, my, my father passed away, unfortunately. And, yeah, and uh, thanks. And but what my but my, well, my what my father was always and my older brother even was even always asking me about like, hey, like, are you producing? Are you writing? Are you, right. you know? kind of using your, your whole ecosystem. They were really big on that. Mm-hmm. So after my dad passed, I, in a way, I, I kind of feel like his spirit was able to kind of step in, kind of walk with me more so now and, and point me in the directions where, where I was, you know, uh, where, he, where, where he knew it would be helpful for me. Right. And I, by this time, I met Gino as one of his series regulars on his series, Black Boots. Right. Okay. Right. So this is where everything kind of connects for me with Gino. Mm-hmm. 
Um, How many episodes did you guys do? How many seasons did you guys do of like the? I can't remember. Did two seasons. Okay. First season was sixteen episodes. Right. First season. I mean, the second season was ten episodes, so twenty six total. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Runtime anywhere from. I think the shortest probably been like thirteen minutes to like thirty four minutes. <laughs> was was the therapist the first one, or was that the? Yeah. Yeah, therapist. Okay. Therapist was the first one. Yeah, because you had my dude Kareem in that one. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My 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 bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Because he he started my first movie, Troublesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yep. Kareem was talented, man, and even, yeah. even better, he's a um, really really good dude. He's a he's a right. connector, man. He connected us to um, a, a really nice deal that we just inked last last in the last year. He was he was a he was a catalyst to that. So oh, thank wow. you. Nice. Yep. Yeah, that's what's up. Go ahead, Amaz. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, but basically, um, I saw Gino. You know, saw Gino's brand alignment with with mine as far as two good people who were students of the game and doing great work independently. Um, and I I reached out to him about an idea. Um, and I was kind of always doing little hobbies of, like, the visual art side of me was always kind of doing little graphics and, and promo stuff for Black Boots, right? So, like, the stuff I kind of naturally was doing for fun ended up ending ended up being, like, us finding a position for me doing that for the hit the company, right? Yes. So um, that's kind of where I became, like, the executive creative director and along with being a producer on certain projects for or, uh, for, for, or for most projects on for the, for the team, you know? So... Um, yeah, I mean, and and you know, it's a it's a stepping some more, but that's where we at right now. And um, but yeah. Hey, Gino, your your company was that is where you guys are now with with, and you could get into like what, what what's happening now and mm-hmm. exactly what your mandate is for your company and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Um, what was the um? Was it always that way, or did it change? I guess that's where I was going because some of your stuff was a little grittier earlier. And now it looks like you have much more consciousness, if it if you will, you know. Um, it's a good question. I I I lean towards the grittier things. You know, mm-hmm. my the pilots is the more exciting things that I'm doing. Um, it has a little bit more grit to it. But you know, what ended up happening was, you know, I took a two year. Well, I don't even say it because I really was still producing stuff. What I would do, I, so it, so it, at some point I had to figure out. Like I'm, I thought it was going to be easy, <laughs> right? I thought my my I thought my path was going to be similar to Issa Rae's, right. right? Meaning like somebody would find me or off the internet and and I would get the opportunity to then take it to TV. Right. At some point around 2006, because I I start my first web series was written and produced in 2010, 2011 is when we went live with it. Um, yeah, you were you were part of that wave of the first cats. So yeah, to really try to do it right. Yeah, I was I was in the way with them. So when that started to happen for Issa and Lena, mm-hmm. um, I was just like, okay, around 2016. Now this is after I think Insecure was about to go to air or something like that. And I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not happening for me how I thought it would. Right. So I was like, I need to have a little bit more experience. So I ended up I looked for uh, writers, PAs, jobs. You know, you know how hard those is trying to come in, and um, luckily I had some 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 nepotism and some great mentors um, like Chris 
um, and things of that sort. So what ended up happening was I got my first opportunity as a writer's PA and sometimes writer's um, assistant mm-hmm. on the show Star under Lee Daniels. Right. With um, Charles Murray was the, the showrunner. So what I ended up having to do... Bro, big bro. Yeah. <laughs> so what I ended up doing, I was like, you know what, let me figure out how to... What am I missing that I don't know from the studio side and how, like he's like Miles said, how you operate, how you that get behind the the, the wall, you know, the fly on the wall syndrome, yeah. and then so I, I, that took me from there to uh, working with Virgil Williams. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh, while we're waiting. Yes, you know what's interesting? I, I remember a couple of years ago, he, this is why some of that Gina did was fascinating. You know, he worked with Virgil around the time when Virgil was doing Mudbone. Mudbound. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Mudbound, not Mudbound. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the Richard Pryor character for y'all. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but Mudbound, but, you know, but I remember when that was done, you know, he asked Virgil to kind of do like a, like a, like a two-hour little seminar. Where you know he came in, had a, you know there was lunch, everyone, and and Virgil just came, sat down, and just maybe ten people were there. He just just answered questions, you know, and because Virgil's a really, really he's from Chicago cool too. He's yeah. you know he's he's a very very smart guy. He spent a lot of time writing on TV. You know he had written on uh, I think Criminal Minds, and he's, he's got a he's got a massive resume, you know. And I thought that was really. Um, uh, uh, that was like, like a smart thing for Gino to do and a very generous thing for him to do as well as to get Virgil to do. Because a lot of people will get in that position of they know these, uh, the, you know, these people who are in the firmament and uh, and don't want to introduce people and, and don't want to kind of jeopardize their relationship. They don't want to share. Yeah, right. they don't want to share. But, uh, but, but that's what we love about... Um, why am I going blank on his name? I just had it right there in the top of my head. Um, we went to his party, the pool party. Why am I going blank on his name? Oh, Kirk. Kirk Moore. Kirk, Kirk, Moore. Kirk, Kirk Moore. I'm going tripping. I'm like, duh. Um, Kirk, Kirk has the same thing, Gino. Where Kirk, yeah, you, I don't know if you went to any of his parties. Kirk has these kick-ass parties at his house where we can all come together. And he will like and bring his showrunner, bring executives. Yeah. You know, he ain't worried about losing his job. Yeah. You know, yeah. You you gotta run like that. That's how I run too. You have you know to. I mean? have yeah, to. Go ahead. So um, so you know again, uh, Virgil, you know, gave me the opportunity to be his executive assistant. He had an overall deal at NBC Universal at the time, yeah. and he had <laughs> Virgil, man. You know, like we all know what he, again what he did with, with Mudbound. So I wasn't with him during the, the the production of Mudbound, but I was during his run, during his Oscar-nominated run. So I was on his desk scheduling, mm-hmm. and getting, you know, taking all the calls for him. Right. In addition to being, I was, what, now the difference between me working with Lee and on Star was, I was, you know, I'm in a room, right? But for Virgil, I was in a room a different way. I was on these calls, these network calls, these network notes, right? You got I'm, to listen. Oh, my God. Right? Exactly. That's exactly why I tell people to be people's assistant. Exactly. So I'm in the and I'm hearing all these things. I'm I'm setting up these interviews for him talking about certain things. But the most valuable thing was how Virgil took notes. When I tell y'all that man is, you know, he Can knows about it. What? Yeah, of course. What he means to me, but Virgil is a really calm. 
he, he's all about energy, right? And Miles might hear me see that. And that's one of the things I kind of always been that way, but that's really picked up with Virgil. Yeah. Um, he talks to you in these analogies, these, these sports analogies. <laughs> I, I understand. But what the, here's what happened on notes. So he had something set up with Fox. He had something set up with NBC. He had something set up with CBS. And he was working on something with um, um, West Wills, Westbrook's company. So all these things was kind of floating while... <laughs> In addition to while um, jo- um, the the journal for Jordan was in the background, right? Y'all know that's <laughs> the film that he's doing right now. Right. <laughs> All this stuff circulating, right? But what he would do was Virgil would have his he would have the the version that he wrote and that he loved. Hmm. He wouldn't touch it. But what he would do was just like we all know, you you have to take network notes. Um, but what he would do is adjust, come back, meet them somewhere between half. He wouldn't take all the notes. He just wouldn't, right? He was just like, yeah, you know, he was, he had this way of like, yeah, but this is why this wouldn't work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he would take, let's say it's 10 notes. He'll take six of them, mm-hmm. right? Apply it to the draft, return it to him. But the original draft or the version that he loved, he kept it for himself. He's like, Gino, you have to write the version of, their, of your story that you love for yourself. Save that somewhere else. So when you know when you're done and all these people have their hands on it, the ideas and it's interjecting and you still have the piece that you're truly proud of. Right. Mm -hmm. So not saying you can't be proud of the other thing that's happening that's about to get produced, but just that (laughs) that original path or story that you wanted to tell. So yeah, man, he just navigated with ease, man. He floated and if even if he (laughs) didn't agree or hated the note, Mm -hmm. the way he just took it. Right. And just be like, OK, OK, I hear you on that. Right. And then he would come back with a response or he was just like, All right, you know what? Let me let me get back to you on that. Right? Right. And obviously, whatever we compile from the, the calls, my notes for him, the things that he was also taking for himself. Mm-hmm. Right. That's somebody else. He would also take notes for him. And I was just taking notes and whatever I didn't that he didn't have. Mom was more like um, gawk. Just filling yeah. in what he didn't have. So he he never it's kind of like Shonda Rhimes said I, or Oprah says. I, I sign every check. Hmm. Virgil is somebody, he has an assistant, right? But all you're doing is making sure that wherever he may have missed, he has, um, your, it's his just kind of combined both notes, but he's also taking notes for himself. Hmm. So seeing him work like that, man, it just really, really changed my life and how I looked at story, right? And, and not falling in love with and keeping, you know how they say, you can't love what you, on the page, you got to be able to take notes. And that's where I learned at that tier, um, how to apply and just move on with it. Well, I, you know what? It's interesting because all those guys, you know, Virgil, Charles, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Wilson, Billy Ray, you know, Chris Kaiser, they have a really interesting way of talking about how to deal with notes. It's funny because, you know, like Damon Lindelof, he, he doesn't even call it notes. He goes, these are thought sessions. <laughs> I'm just gonna hear your thoughts, and then we're gonna talk about your thoughts and my thoughts, yeah. and uh, which is fascinating because it's honest because it's honestly That's a whole other level to say that shit. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like it's interesting because the one thing that everybody kind of hates is like hearing notes from the the people who are paying you money because you think that they don't know what you're trying to do. Right. And to a, and, and to a certain degree, 
they don't know everything that they're trying to do because they're not in your head. And I, you know, and so what happens usually is the main thing also is you get you have to kind of you have to look back and do some psychology work, and it's kind of like they want to be heard. Mm-hmm. They're getting money, <laughs> they're paying you like a lot of money. So motherfucker, you listen to what I'm saying to you, yeah. and it is up to you to figure out how to say, are they saying this to be saying this because 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 they want to like speak today. Or do they really have like some like hardcore reason about why what they're telling you does work or doesn't work? Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of times, you know, like they might say something to you like in a call, and you can and if you're really skilled, you can kind of say they just want something changed here, and what they're suggesting is not right, and you know, mm-hmm. and they might feel adamant like adamant about what their suggestion is now. But they're really just telling you something here doesn't work for me. And it's up to you, the creative guy, to go, okay, how do I change this scene for whatever it is? And it might just be like a line of dialogue yeah. that has to change. Yeah. Or, oh, you know, I got to add like one, I got to put a line in in the action to explain something else to yeah. make it clear. I've, and it's, I've- Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. I apologize. No, no. So, so it's so it's, it's so it's and the, and the thing is, the guys at that level, like, because I've talked with Roger about this quite a bit. It's kind of like the one thing you can't do is is that you can't show emotion to when you hear the notes from these that's, people. That's exactly you know? that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. you you said you you have to. You, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you know, it's like someone's taking a hammer to your toe, and you're like, thank you. So yep. now let's keep going. But your foot is going, oh my fucking God, this is stupid <laughs> shit. But you know what? I can't say that. I can't even like I can't even intimate that. You know, but 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 you do know that if you don't find a way to address what they're doing and it, or whatever it is, like I said, it could be like, oh, we could just maybe like, you know, if we put a dog in this scene all of a sudden, you know, it might change the what how the way someone's perceiving it, then you get past them. Because a lot of these people are all just kind of like when they say gatekeepers about that, you know, there's gatekeepers. Once you got the deal in, they're like, I'm not gonna send up to the boss. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not gonna send up to, to the fuck to the fucking to the head of the studio until we have this like like ready, you know, or, or it's not going to this actor until blah blah blah. And it's kind of like you have to you have to realize there's that navigation and these people who get to that level like that, they understand how to successfully navigate the politics of what's going on because there's so yeah. much of it is not really about the creativity of it. I mean, you know, yes, the business, but it's like, but the business is one thing, but the politics is a whole other thing. Cause it's kind of a weird thing of like the money and the art and people's egos and shit like that, that you, that you can't really like, you can't quantify, you know, from, from the outside, the outside. Like you think oh, I just want to get to do this. He's like, yeah, you do want to get in and do it, but you don't know there's all this other shit that you're kind of like having to worry about, that no one ever really talks about. I mean, you, like oh. insiders talk about it, but it, but it, 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 but it doesn't bleed out into the general public to understand like what the job really is. Well, they don't understand that what we are writing is a puzzle. <clears throat> yeah. To them, it's like I got bumped here. Yeah. Get rid of it or fix it. And we're yeah. like, if we get rid of that. I know it's yep. just a line to you. Right. But that messes up the entire that. Yep. That that picks up something that happens on page twenty seven. That happens on page forty eight. That happens on at the end of the script. You know what I mean? So it's like lots of little things. So what I've learned to do is a version of what Virgil does, mm-hmm. where 
I go back and go, okay, let me work backwards. So okay. if the note happened on page 24 that they didn't understand this thing, I'll go, okay, let me back up and leading up to that, what happened that made them bump? And I'll go, oh, I didn't set up that there was a little dog there. Whatever, I'm just spitballing. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, missed, I missed the thing, that, which is why they got bumped. Or I didn't give the look to the character to, 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 to simplify the fact that he actually knew her. You right. know, whatever the thing is, and I go, oh, okay. So sometimes I work backwards and go, oh, there's the problem. The hole was on page 17 where wow. I didn't set up that thing. Well, yeah. well, no, but, but, but see, okay. yeah, that's, that's it exactly, because it's, a, it's the thing that I say to people all the time, you know, it's, and this is not something I read, but it's like, if you have third act problems, it's because your first act's fucked up. Yes. You know, and it's with everything is like, oh. It's all it, set up. Act it's one. all set up. Right. So you got to keep backing up and going <laughs> to where, it, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's why I tell people, I mean, when people send me scripts, I don't like to read past the first act unless it's, unless it works. If it doesn't work, I don't care what the rest of it is because I know it's not going to work. I know in, trend, in my head, it's like you didn't do this right, so it's just going to keep spiraling and just and 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 and, and ripple effect and it's going to just cancerous growth. So by the time I get to the end, I'm going to be like, yeah, and so solve the beginning, <laughs> solve the sure. beginning. I mean, because if, if you say to yourself, mm-hmm. how many times have you sat down and watched a TV or a movie and you turn it off like ten minutes in? He's like, this is oh, bullshit. Yeah. Click. Oh. And it's, you know, and it's, I mean, you know, when you do that because there's something about the way it's, or, it's like, it's, you know, it's always, the, it's always the damn fucking musical analogy to me. You know, it's like the writer's the conductor, you know, and it's like, and, and he's got the little, I was telling my friend the other day, I was like, it's like, it's like that one episode with Bugs Bunny where he's like, he's Leopold and shit and he's like raising his hand high and bringing it low <laughs> and then he's going to sing all these levels and shit like that. And it's right. like, because that's what you're doing. And you got to know, here are the woodwinds. Here's the flute only. Here's the damn brass section. Here's the French horn only. Here's the bass. You, and you're doing all that. And if, you, and if you do it out of order or there's too much brass on top of the woodwinds, you don't hear it right. And it's like, it doesn't, so then it's like, now it's a mess. Right. And the more you like look at the mechanics of shit, then you, can, then, then you see the mess sooner. And you go, you know what? Just step back and solve it. Because the rest of it will all, because once you start those things in the beginning, you'll start saying, oh, if I change this on page five, because I set up on page 27 or page 58, you, yeah. once you change it on page five, then, you have, then, then you'll know to yourself, yeah. well, I got to go and change it on page 57 and page 58, yeah. you know, and then and, and the, the, I mean, and that might hit me differently the first time I read it because you didn't, you mess it up. So 58 might not mean anything to me because you didn't do it right. You know, like, did you understand that big twist? No. <laughs> you do it. Right, you know, right. So, yep. so one thing too, like when Miles, I, I let Miles read some of my. He's he's privileged to read my first draft or my second drafts or whatever, right. and <clears throat> sometimes even before I finish my entire script, and he would ask me like, "Yeah, yeah," I just be like, "Miles, I can't listen to you until I'm done." <laughs> right? Then you apply whatever you have because you you know it's all about like you said the setup and the payoff and um, right. you'll understand this later if uh, or see and if it doesn't then let me know that once we have the entire the entire piece uh, yeah and, and Sorry, you know, I had to learn right there as like an emerging writer myself because I had to learn like as I was I remember I took this took a, a, a writing class and. As I, as I, this is after Gino, what Gino was talking about, what he's talking about. 
and I started to see like me me getting notes on my on my pilot, and I'm I'm and I'm, like, while I'm trying to do and I'm I'm seeing how it's affecting me affecting me in my process, yeah. and I'm like, oh okay, this is what you be talking about. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is why this is why there's an I always say and we always say there's an art to giving and and, and receiving notes. You know what I mean? The receiving notes is taking it in with that smile and going embracing, you know, let me, I'll consider that, you know, and then the giving notes is, you know, on page four, there was this thing, you did this thing. I didn't quite get it, but here's another suggestion, right? You don't have to take it, but here's here's another suggestion that's going to lead you to that thing you're doing on page 17, where there's this big cliffhanger, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? If you added this beat, it would really help that. That's how I did that. Yeah, well, well, it was interesting about giving notes, you know, like, in my writer's group, what I love is that, you know, that we read like 15 pages or so, right? And then we give notes on that. But the thing that's cool about that is, is that it's kind of like if somebody says something and you're like, oh, oh, that sparks me to get another idea, you know? Yeah. So it's always good to kind of get like good ideas from people because you can like, you know, perhaps the first note is not right, but someone else is hearing it and going, oh, that's how you interpreted that? Here's how you can kind of like, you know, like, you know, to spin that to another thing to maybe solve it in a different way. Because I think a lot of times, like when you're writing, like you want to hear a lot of different opinions on something that is bumping someone, you know, because you don't know what, what, because you're like, well, the shit I wrote made sense to me. How to, but, you know, but, but what's the version that will make sense to other people, but still satisfy what I wanted to do? You know, I, I think that's what a lot of things that happen where there's problems is that people don't know how to hear the notes and then satisfy the other person who's given the note and satisfy themselves. Right, exactly. And a lot of times they execute to satisfy someone else because, like, fuck it, this is what they want. <clears throat> so we keep going. But that doesn't always, like, like lead you to like what you turned in, right. at, you know, the, the, the next point. Yeah. Hey, hey, Gino and, and Miles, let me ask you a couple things that um, yep. I know I want to cover before you guys got on how much time you have. Um, but I want to talk about what you guys are doing at Artistic Standard TV. Mm-hmm. And also I want to talk about um, well, three things and how you started, um, how you moved from indie film to directing, you know, network on bounce. Mm-hmm. And also the last thing is. The, the really cool uh, change, the black narrative thing you guys came out with uh, a week or so ago. Um, I'd like to go down that list because that show was awesome. So Thank you, you Thank guys you. cool with that? Yeah. Um, Miles, if you, could take, if you could take the artistic standard and what we're doing, Miles is better at that than I am. Sure. And, and explain like um, the artistic standard, our ASTV and distribution and all that. And then I could jump in with the, the last two. That'd be dope. All right. Why don't you go ahead, Miles? I'll, start, I'll kick it off with the distribution because that's from what you know started with years ago, um, from my you know a part of like oh his old collective BOA um, with Black Boots and you know doing Jones and uh, Mind of a Single Male and so those those IPs that we that we had once we started the Artistic Standard once we started the Artistic Standard um, we we were like well this is this is making a little bit on YouTube but let's see how we what we can truly do with it on a business side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, where we can, you know, find other great distribution partners to collaborate <laughs> with and and find licensing opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. So, so then we we took those and we we found a situation with I One Digital's um, a space for creators dot com. They, you know, where we where we were able to give them some of our old IP, but also 
um, a, an exclusive project that was still on the older side from us producing wise, mm-hmm. but it was it hadn't been released yet. So we were able to kind of give them that show, You Meet Us, also on um, that's exclusively right now on I One Digital's um, a space for creators, and then even with. Uh, a short film that after my after my dad passed, I had did a therapeutic short film that Gina was executive producer on. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting, I, you know, I, I wrote, produced, directed, and starred in that. And we ended up getting that one. Um, it's called Remember to Breathe in the Dark over at Urban Flix TV. So that, that that's presented by the Artistic Standard, right? So, um, so we kind of we were we were we so we wanted to make sure we kind of took the business strategies for for licensing and distribution domestically, and we're even stepping into internationally as well. Um, so that's where you know we kind of take what we already have and trying to do something with it. So right now, now that we're able to, you know, now we're kind of elevating production value and equipment and cameras. So. You know, we're we're just being we're just being strategic and smart about the business before we kind of put things out. Right. So we have a couple of things on the on the digital side where we have a, a great project that we're excited about that we're um, you know gathering all the scripts for and and our showrunner and everybody is like going through all the scripts and everyone's kind of getting the notes to make sure everything's right before we kind of move into productions. Cause that's yeah. called Black. Um, we have um, it's on the TV and, and film department. We have. I mean, well, digital alone, we also have about 10 projects that we're taking out to our relationships and everything too, right? So, um, but TV and film-wise, um, Gino has has two projects at the, at the moment where we have um, shopping agreements or developing developing agreements with um, a, a bear, um, a bird and a bear entertainment, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we're excited about that. It's kind of just, you know, we're looking for a showrunner for that. So, and then... On the film side, we have things. You're looking for a female showrunner, is that the one? Correct. Yeah, like a black black woman female showrunner. Right. Um, So, you know, there there are things moving. So I think even what you said earlier about the kind of gritty to more conscious. This is about really just really elevating on the on the business side of things, right? Like, like my dad specifically always told me, like this is you know yeah it's show business, but this is also a business show, you know. So it's just really making sure they're taking care of the business stuff as well and. you're really aware of it, so. Um, yeah, I could add. Yeah, I can add in there too. Um, thank you, Miles. Um, our goal was, you know, this. I started, like you said, I started off with a collective. Um, we dismantled that, and I ran off on my own, right? Um, and called it the Artistic Standard. That was around 2016. Mm-hmm. From there, I just wanted to do things different, you know, because when you're in a collective, you all, you know, you all have to, you have one idea that you kind of have to move with. Right. So the new idea, um, once Miles came along, was that we was going <clears> to <throat> do what we did, into, you know, on a, on an independent level. But how can we get out of this space, right? Because for me personally, what was happening was, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful and, 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 and happy for everybody that was moving forward, but all the talent that I would find, they were moving off to be students regulars, mm-hmm. right? But what would end up happening was people would be like, damn, like, what's going on with you? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I, I felt like I was in a, spa- in a space where I was stuck. You know, I was doing decent work, you know, or good work, meaning like at the resources that we had, we really had no money, all that money. All things that you see on screen are, are the resources of either talent, favors, 
or whatever money that I would make that I would put in there from working two jobs, right? Um, so anyway, so we just like, we have to kind of get out of... Just so you know, by the way, Chris and I completely relate to that. Just, just okay. on, a, on a short little side note, I remember yeah. back when I used to have an office at Universal um, before I had my office there. I think yeah. it was like two years before I didn't have an office. Anyway, and I remember like Lena and Ben coming to the office and everybody's like trying to figure out what they're going to do and should they move back home and all that shit. And two years later, they surpassed me like crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know, it's, it's just yeah. funny. You, you never know. You never, you never know. know. Yeah. You never know. So what ended up happening, I was just like, look, um, we picked ourselves up and, you know, we came up with a strategy to um, we had all this IP. Things were moving and changing in the digital space. Right. right. Nobody was no longer looking at um, these little things that you were doing. So people kind of on the cusp of, all right, we, we haven't gotten a deal. But let's start making these, you know, the, the, the IP that I own. So let's go ahead and start moving towards licensing. And license kind of freed up. Sorry. Of, you know what I'm saying? Have to get on a, on a set and produce all the time. Um, so anyhow. That happened, man, and and now you know we we transition into artistic standard itself. Is the artistic standard is what we call our production house, right? And the studio side, the artistic the ASTV, the artistic standard TV, where we produce movies and um, distribute. <laughs> Can somebody mute? Maybe we should mute. Let's see what happened. That was Chris. I knew it was Chris. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Don't even think to blame me for anything. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man. So, what ended up happening? We have the artistic standard and we have the ASTV. And when you see that, that just means we're distributing our content, our original content, right? And then we're, we've what we also started doing was licensing and creating partners from other creatives. Because what they could do was... Benefit from benefit from our either our audience, right, or our relationships around the, around the city and um, and throughout the country. So we started licensing other people's product, I mean other content creators' projects to kind of give our ourselves to expand. And then um, yeah, man. So now we we have um, domestic distribution. We're still working on, you know, we're working on other partners right now as we speak, and um, we have a dis international partner to help other creators get their stuff out to other across the country i mean out of uh, overseas to get that stuff seen um, so that's part of what we're doing we have um we're also building a, a brand right um meaning like the artistic standard itself is a, is a clothing line right so what we're doing is the idea for the artistic standard clothing brand is not necessarily all just this is what we call the OG, the logo. And then there will be things what we have underneath it says bear the torch. Right. And then that's the premium brand. So what we're trying to do or what we're going to do with our brand is uh, I like to look at it like this. If if you travel your luggage, right, you know, you, it's, it's an essential to what you do. Right. What we're trying to do, I think, what was the analogy I used the other, the other week, Miles? Yeah. It's like it's like the Nike of the sports world. There you like go. Being like being the the, the, the the industry artistics world, when they think about a brand that represents them. Yeah. 
automatically go to artistic standard. Like I am the standard of whatever lane of art I'm in. I got it. I got it from here. Thank you, Mark. I like that. I like that. So, so basically, what the, what the brand is trying, what we're doing with the brand, and we'll be launching um, very soon, March officially in March. And um, and what that's going to do is we're going to become like you would think with Nike, athletics. And if you're an artist, independently or Chris yeah. is the one. Chris, can you mute? <laughs> All, right. All right, cool. Uh, so what we're doing with that, you know, when you think Nike and you think athletics, then for the artistic standard, um, we're trying to, we'll become the artist apparel, right? From independent all the way up to the executive. There's the premium brand and then there's the indie side of it. So we're trying to, that the artistic standard is what will be the official brand for artists. That's what we're trying to do. So it's, we're, we're building a brand within the brand. Um, you know, so we're just thinking about how to, to be more than filmmakers, one. Um, two, when you represent and you see the, the standard or artistic or the artistic standard, it's something that you want to wear as an artist. You know, you're a writer, you can wear it. You're working as a PA, you can wear it. You know what I'm saying? If you're in the um, office and taking a meeting, it's a premium brand. We're going to do all of that, all that, all the way down to accessories, book bags, and, you know, like, makeup bags and all that stuff. That's the plan for that. You know, it's just surprising. I think think that's hella smart. Um, It reminds me of uh, Ben Corey Jones has that writers are sexy hashtag he always does. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and and, um, no, that's interesting with the artistic standard. Uh, Chris, we might have to talk to him a little bit about Ticker at some point. Um, Yeah. Any? Yeah. Yeah, we we have a new show we have. (laughs) I was just thinking that. I, I was. I was just thinking that. You know, like as he was talking. You know, like yeah. oh, it might be interesting. It might be interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that offline. Um, oh. Anyway, and then um, how did you get to Bounce TV and doing some network directing? So, <clears throat> thank you for asking that. Um, what I've learned in this whole situation is, you know, Hollywood is your relationships. Chris, can All you mute, please? Everybody knows that. Uh, and what ended up happening was I had this this producer friend, actress friend. She was just getting here and she was just starting. And uh, she would read my stuff. Her name is Risha Archibald, if you know who she is. And it made she work with, um, um, damn, don't, I don't want to mess the name up. Theo, um, Cheo, Cheo, Cheo. Sorry, she works for Cheo. She's, Cheo, she, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, she's underneath him. She would always read my stuff. And anyway, she works with the Bird and Bear, um, product, who, which is uh, Cedric the Entertainer's company. And they were staffing for this show. And um, I had already had, a, a, like a, like Miles said, I had already, I already have two pilots set up with them. <clears throat> so she asked me, you know, what I, I would like to be considered. I, submit, I submitted a sample. They loved it. And they brought me in as a, at that time, it was supposed to be, I was supposed to write two episodes. I was supposed to write two episodes and um, direct one episode. But because of because of the pandemic and them working on a deal, the creator, Deji LeRae, had to keep writing. So he wrote the entire uh, first seven episodes and he left three for the remainder of the writers. And once that happened, they love me as a director so much, uh, they gave me four episodes of the 10 to direct. So I directed nice, four nice. episodes of the 10 episodes. I directed episode two through five. 
and uh, and I wrote the season finale, episode ten. So it just it kind of worked. Is that a comedy show? What what show? Dope, man. That's dope. Huh? Is it is it a drama? Is it a comedy? What, oh, I'm what sorry. It? It's Johnson. This is a dramedy. It's, it's mm-hmm. set in Atlanta about four guys living independently who are best friends who happen just so happen to have the last name Johnson with no relation. Okay. Right. This is. It, it feels and looks and feels similar to Insecure, the tone of the last season, like how greedy, how beautiful it was shot. Beautifully it was shot. Uh, it gives you the tone of it, meaning like uh, the everyday person, you're kind of going through things. But then there's the Sex in the City side. So it's like Sex in the City meets Insecure, uh, about four best friends with the, who has happen to have the same last name as Johnson. You know, it's about them going through their dating situations, them being best friends, but most importantly, what the, what Daisy and Thomas um, Jones ha- are doing with this show is amazing because it's the black man's POV, right? Socially conscious, like all the things that we see as we, from our point of view as men, as black men in America, you'll understand it from here. It's awesome. So yeah, it's on it's on Bounce TV. We just took we just did our rap call with the network. I lost you, Jeno. Can you repeat that? You said um, you 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 just had your rap party and what? Yeah, we just had the rap meeting with the um, with the bounce executives, and they loved it, man. And, you know, they got to watch the first five episodes again, which first I'm four of those of mine. Um, they're really excited about it, and I can't speak on what's to come, but I'm really I'm really happy you know, to be a part of the family, man. And bounce bounce is looking to the new bounce, right? Is looking to compete with the premium the premium net cable networks, and this is their first show out the gate um, to change the narrative, if you will, uh, for what Bounce is known for. So you guys are really be excited. I think you guys will love this show, man. It's really cool. No, it sounds sounds fun, dude. Um, it's funny because I have kind of a Cedric the Entertainer story from way back. It probably was. I don't know, eight, nine years ago, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, my producing partner, Pamela, is a big casting director. So she was mm-hmm. casting this Cedric, this little indie Cedric and the Entertainer show that we were going to do. I think they did like six episodes of it. It never came out. Mm-hmm. And um, so she hit me up and was going, hey, we're having callbacks. My assistant's busy. Can you come help me out? I was like, sure. You know, I've been in hundreds of casting sessions. So I was like, sure. So I show up. And I'm like doing what you were doing, you know, I'm getting water, I'm doing whatever, blah, 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 you know, because I'm helping her. So Sad said at one point he knew he wanted a coffee, right? Yeah. And I said, and I was like, shit, coffee, like, I don't think they have that around here. And I was like, fuck mm-hmm. it, I'll just go. So I went on my dime yeah. down the street, two or three blocks, got, yeah. you know, four or five coffees just in case anybody else wanted one, Love came it. back. And he was like, man, I like this dude. He was like, who is this dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? And Pamela, yeah. my producing partner, is like, she's like, she, he's like, he's like, we got to have him on a set. And Pamela's like, oh, no, no, he's already a producer. He's just here helping me as my friend and blah, blah, blah. He is not an OPA, whatever. So <laughs> when it was done, the showrunner came up to me after and she's like, you want to come hang out with me in the writer's room? I was like, hell yeah. You know what I wow. mean? So yeah. I'm telling you that people watch. You know yeah. what I mean? As I always said before. You know what I mean? So that's just, I mean, that never happened with anything, but it was, it was a fun experience. You know yeah. what I mean? Cedric's a good person. So 
Can, yeah, I just, yeah, can, can I just jump in here and say, what is this background here? Sorry, y'all, I'm tipping hey, in. Like, t- I'm tipping in from church late. Sorry, I had a little family emergency with my cousin who's ill, so I was trying to race back in time. Mm-hmm. So I I tipped in all quiet, like in church. So I've been sitting here <laughs> listening to you guys, and then the background changed. Like, what is this? He's talking about Bounce TV, and all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> can we see your face, Lisa? So they can oh my, ca- sorry, my camera's not on. My bad. Yeah. Miles, did you do that? I know that was you. No, it wasn't me. It wasn't. I, it wasn't you. you? Oh man, the- Chris. That's not you? Who did the background? Gino? Who I don't even that? know how to do that. Yeah, no, I have no idea. I didn't do a thing. I was just sitting. Oh, look, we're in the trees. Chris? We have to climb up the tree. That's funny. I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I, like, like, I literally have no idea what, you, what background you're talking about. You don't see it? You don't, no. see yourself, you don't see yourself hanging in a tree right now. I don't see any background. I see the three of you guys. Oh, yeah. We're all in this weird dimension... Yeah, it's like I'm there's back, a back now though. I'm, I see go to the gallery, gallery with the little people. I didn't do that. It's a gallery. Oh right. Anyway, so I'm here. I was I was listening this whole time, so don't mind me. <laughs> I love to tell you. It's all good. We're all good. It's all we we can see each other, so we're all fine. But can I can I just can I just jump Please. and say I'm really excited about the idea of you guys changing the narrative of bounce because I think that's what black people do. We always bring something different and creative. And for some reason, a lot of, of entities like to take a chance on us when we do that. So I'm really excited to see what, what you come up with because um, we need some good stuff for the love of God, please. <laughs> <laughs> please come up with some excellent stuff. So I'm, I'm really thrilled, especially some of the stuff that you guys have done before and the type of stories you like to tell. So I just want to put my little input. So I'm gonna put myself on mute. All right, thank you. Meet you. Well, I mean, I mean, my thing, you know, I mean, the Jones thing sounds pretty cool, Gino. I mean, it's a good, like, like funny type of, um, not Jones. Is it Jones or Johnson? Jones, Johnson, Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds funny because it's just like that's like a good. I don't know. That sounds cool. That's, I'm, I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy for you. It's like a cool project. Um, and if if they want to use it as some sort of like you know like you know like uh, a tool to rebrand, that's you know, I mean like that's like a good vote of confidence in what you guys have done. You know that, that they feel they can use this you know to to you know to retool who they are. Um, no, that's dope, man. That's real dope. Thank you, man. I appreciate you truly, truly. Shout out to yeah. you know De- Deji, Larray, and <clears throat> Thomas Jones <throat> and their company Midnight Train. You know. Um, awesome. for, yeah, and bringing the honest stuff, man. So, really, really, definitely excited for what for that project kind of being like. Like Lisa was saying, like a, a project to kind of start off the kickoff of their new brand re- rebranding and everything too. So, exactly. And if it goes really well, you know, people are going to remember that. Like, okay, these are the people that brought that new new. And it's like, hey, whenever we do something like that, that's always commendable. So. I'm excited. Thank you. Hey, Thank you. hey, Gino, did you guys yeah. have the writers' room here? Good question. Had, um, yeah, it was virtual. Yeah, we were all here. Um, I think we 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 participated in Zoom. Mm-hmm. And you, to be honest with you, it's kind of like I've always heard of those um, those assignments where you kind of get an episode and you go off with the outline. Right. It's more of the, it was more of that style versus like us meeting and talking and they, you know. But so what we would do is Deji ended up being Deji and Thomas ended up being the showrunners. Um, so after we completed our ver- our first drafts or whatever, by the time we was expected to, then we met as a room. <clears throat> we got gave notes, 
uh, or feedback. And then days and then from there for the second draft on, it was just me and Daisy. You know what I'm saying to uh, finalize that thing. So nice. I mean, it was it was it was cool. It was cool. Here's the craziest thing: you should guys should everyone should know my because I had the final season finale, which was what they call the biggest one, the biggest move to try to bring, hook us to bring us back yeah. um, for episode two. I mean, season two. Um, I was <laughs> I was writing this because I got my assignment later towards like soon as i got my assignment we were moving into production and because i was one of the first and you're directing it you get it so i was i was leaving to leave for atlanta and you know tuck my family away i'm writing i'm writing my first draft and as i'm directing the plane getting it in as i'm right and as i'm directing (laughs) by the time i got my final draft you know i'm still i was on set the day before or earlier that day, directing in block shooting. So it was like I was tracking story for my episode and, as, and for my directing. You know how that is, Derek, um, Ron, Chris, where you have to track up. You know, if you were block shooting, then what yep. you said something earlier, you guys said something earlier that I, I'm glad you brought this to it, is that as an independent filmmaker and limited resources at times and obviously micro, micro budgeted projects. Um, what what that helped me with going into the directing side of this mm-hmm. is that I understood every every department, right? I mm-hmm. shoot out a, I shoot out a sequence because based on actors availability or location mm-hmm. availability, so it just lends to my readiness to then direct my first episodes of TV uh, in block shooting form. You know, mm-hmm. one day we'll be shooting episode two, scene four, then. Same day we'll be shooting episode five, scene three. It's like wherever it was, I had to understand and track story and know what my emotionally what my characters were, what their stakes were. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's difficult on the actors too because yeah. they're not going through a straight on, you know. And I mean, they never are anyway. But it's really mm-hmm. hard to box you because you yeah. really you got to keep your hair the way it was. You can't, yep. you know. It's it's difficult. Continuity is everything. You know? Yeah. So. But yeah, that's kind of how it happened, man. I, uh, Risha read me. I had already had a project set up with, with Says team. Um, they loved me. Um, I came in the room. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, after they gave me four episodes, it changed from one up to writing two episodes and directing one. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed to me directing four episodes and writing none. I was like, the reason why... <laughs> right, I was, the reason why I was excited about this job is because I got to do write for the first time and direct for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but doesn't always go, does it? Thank you for the, the way you want. It right. goes Thank differently. You. Thank you for the four episodes, but if I it, it's almost crazy, Hillier. I almost was like grateful and didn't speak up for my my writing part of me. Mm. Right? But really? Like, oh man, this is this was set up for me because we're walking me and Miles I have this thing about walking in our power. Mm-hmm. And and making sure you get out and leave what you also want on what's asking of you, right? So I was like, you know what? Thank, I, you know, I got the meeting was about to end. I was like, that's like, you know, so here's the starting date. Here are the four episodes you're gonna have. Read these episodes. Start breaking them down. Give us a storyboard. All that stuff. I was like, yeah, that's cool. But if I get off this phone call and I don't tell you that a part of the reason why I was excited about doing this job is because I I wanted to direct and write for the first right. time. I, I would feel crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, we got two people writing episodes eight and nine. 
And the, the creator, the showrunner, Deji, who's also one of the stars of it, was like, well, I'm directing 10. I was like, well, I would love to write. And let us think about it. And it was like, you want to write because you want to write something that you directed? I was like, no, that's not even what it is. I, again, I love these characters. I want to form their voices, not just form their actions and directing. Mm-hmm. And they came back to me the next day and was like, look, man, we love what you said. We're glad you for yourself. Chris, can you hear? Yeah. It's not me, man. It is. <laughs> um, but anyway, so anyway, they came back to me the next day. See, we don't hear it no more. Chris, it's you. Um, <laughs> I got episode 10, man. So that, I'm glad I did that. I've directed for it and I wrote the season finale. So I'm really excited. That's awesome. And, and, and that's a lesson for all writers and directors out there to advocate for yourself. Because like you said, if you just sat there and been like, okay, thank you, we got this, and walked out, you would have been like, oh. Yeah. It, it would have been festering, and you would have been walking around, and like, oh, I should have said something, and then trying to find your moment. But um, listen to that inner voice, people. Speak up. Yeah, Pamela and I, I, did, I didn't tell you this yesterday, Chris, when we talked, but we just, we finally signed this deal with, um, I'm not going to say the name of the company. They have been courting us since like June to write this project and it's a limited series right so of course when they first sent it to us it was like the guy who originally wrote you know the the story they were like giving him created by and all these other things in the contract they sent it was like well what are we what are we doing so we were like no nope, we're not doing it and they were like oh but we need you we love you we love you really so of course lawyers and you know all that stuff so since june back and forth back and forth back and forth back and forth finally uh, last week, they finally sent the agreement. We're co we're co EPs. I mean, we're EPs on the show. We we co create the show. You know, all that stuff all came together. You know, and and all at once. So um, Sweet. you got to You got to fight for what you want. You know what I mean? Otherwise, they will just, especially the black people, they'll just be like, oh well, you know, they'll take this and give it to the white guy because they need two black writers to because write. Because they're they're gonna, they should just be grateful for whatever we give them. You know, whatever you get, be grateful. And it's like, yeah, take that chance, speak. Not even, even on the producing side, like I remember when I was assisting Lee Daniels, um, which I, you know, I got the opportunity for that. Um, I hit G up one day after I was leaving another executive assistant job at NBC for Donna Weiner. Mm-hmm. And he, and, and I know Pam over at Lee's team had just contacted uh, Gino about if he's still, you know, uh, in, in the, you know, writer's PA or anything, or, and he was at this time working with Virgil and, Mm-hmm. And so he had to turn it down, but he was like, "But my guy is looking for a, a new thing," and and uh, I have I, I went into interview for that, but it wasn't for the writers' room area. It was for like the office PA, and I was oh, like, okay. I hadn't I hadn't done the office PA stuff yet. So I was like, "Why not?" Mm-hmm. You know, and so I just wanted to make sure I was learning every area. Also, also I didn't need to work. I was thinking about, I was thinking about my family, my mom, and my, my not that my mom didn't have my dad. I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of making sure things were. This is when I first came back to LA and everything after taking like a five month, five months off um, for family. And but that P- office PA led to me working hard, getting to know all the producers, the creators of that pilot, and everything. And then when you know, I was when it was over, Pam let, let me know that Lee was looking for his second assistant. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I got the opportunity and ended up getting that to be his, uh, you know, assistant too. But going back to the whole point of me bringing that up is that it was cool to kind of see him at one point fight for two DPs on, on it was either Empire or Star. 
mm-hmm. say, uh, well, I want to say star over at, and he had an overall deal at Fox and he was with the, on, on the call with the networks and he really truly fought and spoke up for him meeting two DPs for just kind of take off the stress of everybody for the whole crew. And right. I want to say he probably the first person who ever got two DPs on, on a show like that at Fox and, and they ended up giving, giving it to him. So yeah, wow. it is huge, hugely important to just really speak up for what you need. Um, for your not only for yourself, but for your team and for your crew and stuff too. Right. Can I add one more thing to that sure. too? Uh, I, what I love about the thing that me and Miles have, how we've built and where we're going, right? Um, you know, it's a testament to anybody that's, you know, for me, just if you really want to make it from, let's just say the internet, right? Um, digital series and web series and then things like that. So you have to put in the work. But the great thing about what we've been able to build is we trust each other. And we leave each other's name in the room, right? Like if Miles is working on something, he's going to make it a, a point to mention me and vice versa. And the crazy thing is that once Miles got that job, Miles got that job then Lee started cre- um, trusting him creatively. Mm. And I got to tell the story, Miles. The movie's coming out already. Yeah. Um, but um, so anyway, Lee was working on this thing. And mind you, I had already worked for Lee a year or two before then. We, we have a decent relationship. Mm. And... Um, so anyway, Miles is now his creator, his executive assistant, and Miles, I mean, Lee is shooting this concept. Like, what is it called? It was like pretty much like the the, the screen test and the casting. Like, yeah, right, right, right. So a screen test, and he needed somebody to shoot it. Miles called me in, and y'all know I shoot, right? Mm-hmm. We we where um, what's the name? Billy Holiday. So oh, yeah. the, the screen the test that, that Miles put together produced. Wow. Also. He won't call it producing, um, but you know, I he brought me in, and I was one of the you know, I was lead camera on that. You know, nice. day. so that test went obviously. Billy now it's that same film that's getting about to get all the mm-hmm. that's coming. Yeah. We were a it's, part of that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's coming in February. I want to say February twenty sixth. If I'm not you know wrong, but yeah, but that sounds right on, on Hulu. And uh, I, I just watched the screening of it, you know, being on the SAG Awards committee and everything. It's a great film. Andre Day kills it. Um, and Lee is great at directing it and the whole script. And um, so it, it was great, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank y'all, man. So good to have you guys on the show. You know, I wish we could have did this in person, but yeah. um, I'm glad that we're at least able to do it in any kind of way whatsoever to be out and, you know, help you guys get the word out about artistic standard and what you guys are doing for sure. And thank you so much for this platform. Like I said, I've many days that I've I've rode in a car, and um and listened to you guys. Um, Kirk's episode was one of my favorite episodes. Oh yeah, way. Kirk Kirk went in, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was one of my favorite episodes. Um, but yeah, man, thank you for this opportunity. If you're looking to, um, you know, we started a mentorship program for uh, emerging writers. You know, to so that we're all working with that. So we're teaching them how to, you know outline the structure get to the pages and things of that so we have eight minutes across the country from florida to chicago to texas and la uh, we cover that basis and we, we just got recently got a partnership with final drive uh, who came on to sponsor our program and now these people and these are these are writers and directors that are in spots of the country where they don't know how to get to where we are, right? Because my part of my story is, I was a decent basketball player in the city. I, you know, I was never um, LeBron, obviously, but I was good enough. 
He said he was nice, though, huh? But I was not. <laughs> so if they didn't say, though, I knew how to make it to the NBA if I, if I was good enough. I knew the trajectory. I knew the paths. I knew the things that I knew what that structure looked like. But from a creative that's trying to make it to Hollywood or to the film and TV industry, I didn't know how to do. I didn't know how to navigate to that point. Right. So a lot of these 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 emerging writers and directors are some of the same type of um, energies, if you will. That it's like, man, I would love to do that, but I don't know how to get there. And um, our program is taking them under our wing. It's a six-month program. Uh, you run it from September to March. And in that, you learn everywhere from finding your voice as an artist, right, to writing workshops, uh, directing, producing. Um, there's another one in there somewhere, but it's multi-hyphenate is what we call it. Right. And then you have weekly homework. You have a workshop on a, Friday, a Saturday and a Sunday for three hours, um, once a month. So that's six hours a month. And then you'll have what you call a pro talk. And this is where people like yourselves, I may ask you to come speak to our um, our mentees for an hour and a half via Zoom just to answer questions and pour into them. Man. Anytime, dude. Just holler at me. My last little piece is their second six months is about writing a short film that we're producing for them. We take them through five or six drives. And, um, and to the point where um, we're, we're, we're producing their pieces. So uh, we have one that's graduated to the second one. She's on the fifth draft. I think we gave her a couple more tweaks and we'll be looking to produce her project as a thesis from this will be the first um, this will be the first student or not student, but a mentee that's went through our year program. Nice. And thank you guys for this opportunity to speak to that. Oh, and last thing, changing the black narrative, what that meant to us, and then I can get off your mics, man. No, give it, give it oh, to them. Go ahead, give it to them. Go through all of them. Go through okay. all of them. Okay, so we went through, me and Miles, um, again, we're talking about how can we get more of us, and when I say more of us, I mean more of us that's like, you know, that don't, again, that doesn't know how or don't know how to get to where we are, right? Not the people that's that understands Hollywood and can come here and take a chance on themselves and, and work. We're talking about those people that, that doesn't have enough confidence to then come here. So we was like, a part of our initiative is to change the, changing the black narrative, right? And what that means is, you know, um, you, you, <laughs> how we're seen in media, right? I, I feel like, we feel like as people, as black people or people of color, a, a great part of what, how people see us and treat us is because of how we portray ourselves in, in media, right? Particularly TV and film. Right. And with that being said, if, as a writer and director, it's, it's up to me, right? We know that the script starts the budget. We know that the script starts the, 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 the casting, right? It, it tells us what environment, what city we're putting this project up in. So why the hell can it not change the narrative of how we see black people or people of color? Mm. So it starts with us as writers to, you know, stop writing stereotypical pieces, right? Or elevate our opportunities for black people or people of color in our characters. Mm. For instance, you don't have to, we don't have to tap out at being nurses. We too can be doctors, right? Mm. And in horror films, why are we all? Why are we always the one to die first? Yo, we can we can fuck Jason up too. We can beat. <laughs> That's the problem. They know we gonna knock his ass out the first time we see him. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Leave us around. We gonna make it much more interesting when we do. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if we get stuck with him, there's going to be a legitimate reason why we there. Okay, exactly. it was something stupid. It was like it was some shit stupid. really happened, and it right. was unpreventable. And bitch, we got to deal with it. It's not going to exactly. be so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, you know what I mean? Just like yo, we're responsible for a, a great deal of these box office numbers. We bring in those numbers. Stop fucking fixing the numbers or saying that we don't. You know what I mean? We contribute to that. We are the culture. We are your muses, right? The people we control the narrative, we control, we control cool, right? Yeah. We control what should be. In the Twitter, moment, Instagram, uh, Clubhouse, Instagram, <laughs> all that. Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? So I say this to say in closing, if you're a writer, I'm challenging you with the challenge changing the black narrative to just do a last scope of your and I'm talking to white writers, our right counterparts our right allies to go through your script and, and see if we can bump up our, you know, our typical uh, breakdowns of our, our people of color in our scripts. And that's a part of what we believe. If you change the black narrative, then you change how people in society look at us as, uh, as a people as a whole, um, because they can start seeing us different magnified on our TVs weekly and on our big screens when those things come back. So thank you for allowing us to say this and speak to this because it's really a true passion for where we're trying to go with our art. And, I, and I'm stealing that we are your muses. So no, nobody claim that because I'm, I'm writing that down now. That's either going to be my production company or the next title of something. So none of y'all take it. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's definitely a part of the, 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 the there's, a, there's a post that was like damn near went viral that, you know, and I posted back last year, mid-year, um, called Change the Black Narrative. You can find it on on his, on Gino's uh, Twitter or Instagram. I'll blast, I'll blast it with this when I blast it out. Yeah, for sure. And um, this is my, my last bit on the mentorship program as well or this, this, the, in our courses because because our mentorship program is once a year, accepting people once a year. And we understand that people can't, you know, may not want to wait all year to kind of get into the program. We're, we're also going to be offering um, online courses, monthly courses, um, where where Gino and Chris, uh, who is our, our creative executive at the company also, are, who's also a great, amazing writer and director, um, will be pro- providing guidance for emerging writers and directors too. So if you guys want to get to, want to access to just all of, all of the knowledge and, and, and kind of help beeline past the, 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 what you don't know already or to kind of get that experience, um, feel free to email assistant at theartisticstandard.com and definitely we're going to be sending out information this month to everybody. Um, and uh, because uh, because the brand is really art, the artistic standard is really huge on that disruptive, culturally impactful content and, and media. Um, I mean, it's just I, I love that we are really really focused on changing, helping to change the black the black narrative. You know, so, so Chris, Chris again, Chris um, Hilliard, Chris yeah. knows about this short film. Remember the short film I told you about, Chris. Yeah, that piece. I just, you know, I, I want to say that I want to run it past. Okay, that's that's the, yeah, the 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 um, there's like the time travel piece to a degree, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's not time travel, but not time, but you know but what yes. I'm talking about. Yes, yes. yes. I say, I just think, um, Hilliard, I would love yes. to speak to you offline. Um, I think it would anytime be you got my number. I know where um, you're producing some things, man. I feel like you know um, this could be really cool for us to kind of you know eventually. 
you know, my dream has always been to collaborate with y'all. You know what I mean? I've always, you know, and thank you for this. I, I know I keep trying to close this out, but thank you for allowing oh, your space. Here's what I'm going to say. Thank you for allowing me your space. Because when you access, you ask, some, ask somebody to be your mentor, you ask somebody to be your big brother or your big sister in this art thing, what you're really asking for is access to their knowledge, their expertise, their experience, and their environment. Right. And I would not be in the position that I am and that where we're going without brothers like you two brothers. So Thank you, man. I you trying to get a brother teary-eyed and shit. Aww, Look at that. Aww. <laughs> Appreciate you. Aww. The lunches that Chris is taking me out to, the phone calls, the piece that I've done for Hilliard, the, again, the architects, like being on that set allowed me to know that two brothers could really come together as creatives and support each other. And without that, you know, I, well, I would be, I would maybe remiss to say that I built that into how I work with what me and Miles work together and how I feel like the energy needs to be speaking or spoken into people that's coming behind who I am. So thank you, brothers, for, for doing that in a lot of this space. And such an honor to meet you, too, to Lisa. Thank you. Yeah. That's so nice. Oh, that was sweet. Very nice. Very nice. Um, thank you, My, uh, Miles. Thank you, Gino. That was awesome. Um, we... The sentiments are the same, dude. Like I said, uh, I'm 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 never surprised. I was I wasn't surprised when Lena and Ben blew up. I'm not surprised that it's happening for you and Miles. I'm not. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a, it's a good thing. It's everybody's. It's all timing, you know, and doing the right projects and having and having the right. Um, um, uh, what's the? Uh, I can't even think straight. But having the right, you know, what was that? You know? Synergy, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, all those things come together. You know, but also having the right product that people want to see. You know, Chris and I offline, we got to get back on the call with you, Miles, <clears throat> at another point and talk about this new web series we have um, that we want to actually, we, we, I'm going to tell you about it later. I'm not going to get into it. Um, but we think it's awesome. Um, we think it could totally sell right now. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, I ain't going to get into it. Uh, so anyway, uh where you at, uh, <laughs> Gino? Can people where can people follow you at? Yeah, get them all, get them all your info. Thank you. I'm in LA, so if when the world opens back up, that's where I work out of mostly. Um, I'm, I'm 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 local to Atlanta and New York, and um, I my, you can follow me at at Gino Brooks. That's G E N O Brooks TV on IG, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And then uh, I would remiss to say, please follow the Artistic Standard at Artistic Standard TV on Instagram, Twitter, well, Instagram and Facebook. And, Clubhouse. Uh, and Clubhouse. Ooh. Yeah, on Club. Oh, we're on Clubhouse. Yeah, we're doing big things on Clubhouse. <laughs> so um, thank you guys for this opportunity. I'll let Miles close up. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. how you can find me. And Miles, tell them about the things you guys do on Clubhouse, too, the the, the, the reading, the sage readings and all. I mean, the reading, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with the we have a club on art the artistic standard. Well, we have a club on Clubhouse called the Artistic Standard. So you can now search club. Just feel free to kind of go into the search if you're on Clubhouse. Search you know the Clubhouse. But we're also on there. <clears throat> we, we have a uh, another club called um, Screenwriters Table Read, um, where you know where we we provide a space for writers to kind of come and have their first fifteen pages read by other great actors on the app 
and, and people in the room from, you know, executives to other writers and directors, et cetera, in the industry can come and just pop in and give you feedback on what, what, they, what they heard, you know, um, whether it was a character, whether it was their feeling on each, each area, it's kind of giving notes and everything for those first 15. Um, so we have that as well. So you can follow, feel free to follow if you're on Clubhouse, uh, Screenwriters Table Read uh, Club as well. And then you can also follow me on, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miles Greer. Everything's pretty much the same. M-Y-L-E-S, Greer, G-R-I-E-R. Um, and yeah, man, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure to get to know you, Hilliard, you know, from, from, from Clubhouse and everything. And it's been, it feels like we've known each other for a long time, you know. So um, Clubhouse has been great to just really get to know people's authentic energy. And so it's, it's, been, it's been a really great space kind of meet you guys and thank you again chris and, and lisa as well for having us indeed and and that's one of the things i love about clubhouse too is it, it it really does bring people together and it's all about how can you bring value so you know uh miles i'm not going to tell tell the business but you know i'm trying to help you with this one thing hopefully that works you know yeah. what i mean um you know people are just busy you know but i hope that that all help happens for you but because you asked for it you know what I mean? Yeah. You put it out there. You said, here's something I need. And I was like, well, I know somebody that might be perfect for you. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's, it's that's always. what it's all about. You know, bringing it, to, bringing it back to each other. Um, anyway, awesome. Chris, Derek, where you at, buddy? Take it off mute now. So y'all think I'm fucking up. <laughs> all that noise. I know that's bullshit. <laughs> uh, where am I? Oh, yeah. I'm at unauthorized CBD on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can also ask us questions for the rant room at screenwritersrr.com where you can buy clothing, mugs, support the, you know, and you can support the show through the Patreon if you so inclined, which I hope more people would be, be more inclined. Um, or you can just, you know, like, just like, uh, directly support the show on our, on, on, like on our anchor channel. There's a link to that. Um, yeah, that's, that's me. Awesome. Lisa, Lisa, Colt, Jam, coming in I, late, but we were I, glad you I did. know. Hey, you know, got family stuff, and it's like, I didn't think it was going to take me that long for a home health care worker to show up, so that's how it is. And I was racing back to get here. I was like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. And I thought I was back on time. I'm like, my sister said, oh, my God. It is like after 12. There, the show is over. You done messed up. I'm like, <laughs> I, will, I said, I will tip in late like church. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly. With your, with Quietly. Your one finger up. <laughs> with my one finger up in the corner. <laughs> so apologies, apologies. I have a, a gravely ill relative, and I wasn't expecting to have to run out today, but you know, stuff happens, and I was trying to race back, and I made it back at the end. Okay. So, so I was able to see, you know, Gino and Miles, and I'm really excited about what you guys are going to do. And I'm crossing my fingers for everybody, and I just love the energy that you guys are bringing, and I love the vision that you have for yourselves because we got to have that vision more than ever in 2021. So I expect good things, and um, I'll be rooting for both of you. You can find me at uh, What Fresh Hell Is This on Twitter. And then also on what fresh hell is this Lisa on IG? And maybe one of these days I'll get in Clubhouse, but I feel like Clubhouse, I feel like I'd be fighting with people too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I just have to argue. And it's like, you know, it just reminds me of the old party lines back in the old days. But we'll, we'll see. It sounds like a lot of people are enjoying it, even though Master P is upset. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> so up, I'm man? like, you know, it is what it is, but it's, that's where you can find me. Indeed. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. 
Uh, you can follow me, Hilliard Guess, on Instagram. What now are you I'm laughing talking, at? Gino <laughs> and him got me on Clubhouse and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on there too. So I got to get used to saying that shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let me see. Uh, any questions? ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Apple Play, whatever the fuck you do. <laughs> I don't know what they call everything right now. I'm too fucking tired. Uh, Stitcher, you know, Spotify. Um, give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. That's super important. All, um, that all that good stuff. Anyway, again, thank you again, Gino, Miles, Chris, Lisa, the whole Wu-Tang clan. Um, appreciate all of you. You know, wishing everybody the best in this new year. Now, tomorrow will be officially February 1st. Yeah. So we're getting the Black History Month. Okay, so y'all the, first, the first, the first black day of black. blackness, y'all. I got all, <laughs> look, I got all my black t-shirts and everything for the whole entire month. Uh, <laughs> Line, lined up like everything is like my sister was laughing at me because I was watching them all and having them lined up for the, the two days that February lasts for black people <laughs> but uh, I got I got all my shirts ready and you guys might have said it earlier but just in case Great, you didn't I, I just want to say condolences to Cicely Tyson's family because yes. you know that's yeah. our collective black American and Caribbean grandma who 96 years off and, and left a legacy still for all beautiful. of us still beautiful and was still dressing like it wasn't nothing so I think <laughs> as we go into Black History Month, um, that we, we take stock of the people that we are, where we come from, and what we're going to carry forward for our own legacy, especially these young brothers, Gino and Miles. So just want to throw that out there, and I'll shut up. Indeed. Indeed. <clears throat> so Chris just stepped out, but let's see everybody. You too, um, Gino and Miles, join in with us for Wakanda Forever, you know, on our, on our little tag. Yes. So you, get, you guys know how we do it on the rant room. Mm-hmm. On the show, you might have to unmute yourself, though. <laughs> you know how we do it on the rant, on the rent room on the show. We keep it real. Yeah. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody. What Wakanda forever. forever. Ah. Yeah. Thank Peace. you. Guys. Thank you. Have a good one. I'ma say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rent room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room.